exercise, sleep, and nutrition. If you are not exercising adequately, and we can talk about what that means, and you are not sleeping well, let's just take those two. No amount of ice baths or cryotherapy is going to help you. No amount of supplements are going to help you. You can't out supplement your way through bad sleep. So you need those two. They are the foundation to having the proper fuel in the bank. And if you get those right, that then gives you a seat at the table. That then gives you the ability to just be a normal functioning human in 2023. Look, I live in Manhattan. It is, you need so much fuel to live in this city. It is It is just unbelievable how much energy you need. Welcome to the Alphaman Podcast, hosted by Stephen Goldstein and Mark Randall. The podcast which is always looking to help traders, whether they're new to the game or whether they are seasoned and experienced traders, explore how they can be better, more productive, more effective traders by looking at the human aspects of trading performance. Today we are going to delve into the vital link between wellness and high performance trading. We are thrilled to bring to you one of the world's leading practitioners in this field, Louisa Nicola. With Louisa, we are going to talk about how prioritising mental and physical wellness isn't just about self-care, but rather it's about gaining an edge in your trading, which in this highly competitive world can help give you a huge strategic advantage. Consider the importance for a trader of being in peak condition, mentally sharp, emotionally resilient, making well-informed, calculated decisions, more able to stay alert and on top of the market, less likely to get bullied by it, more cognitively flexible and attuned to the world around them. Trading is not just about charts, numbers and data. It's also about having a balanced mind, an effectively energised brain and the body fuel to keep your vitality and alertness going for longer. Before we get into the podcast, long-term listeners to the Alphamine podcast will be aware that we have a very highly valued partnership with the Society of Technical Analysts, who are a globally renowned education institution that has been at the forefront of helping traders, analysts and system developers hone their technical analysis skills for over half a century. Thanks to this collaboration, we are thrilled to extend an exclusive benefit to our listeners who can obtain a 100 British pound discount or its equivalent in your local currency on their superb technical analyst home study course. This comprehensive course has an option for an internationally recognised diploma and has been created by some of the leading experts in the fields of technical analysis. The course is designed to profoundly enhance your skills and knowledge and delves into a wide array of price action techniques, methods and aspects. The knowledge can prove invaluable to traders, investors, analysts, quants and system developers, offering fresh perspectives for deciphering and interpreting price action, sentiment, liquidity and many of the aspects around those, including the underlying human behaviour which goes into these aspects. You can visit our website at alpha-mind.net and scroll down to the Society of Technical Analysts section to find a link with more detail how to take advantage of this offer. Now on with the podcast. Well, Louisa, welcome to the show. And perhaps as a starting point, it'd be very interesting for us to hear just how you got into this particular field and perhaps just go back over your own journey as to what inspired you to get into this this type of performance training and coaching and and really why that's important for you and perhaps what the the trigger moment was to get really, really serious about it. Mm. First of all, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I love this world. Um, so I originally, so I was born and raised in Australia and I started off my competitive edge, if you will, as a very competitive triathlete. I wanted to be, you know, I, I was training in a team. We were training anywhere from 30 to 40 hours per week. And we all had a common goal. A lot of us were training for the elite titles to go to the Olympics and world championship series, I ended up qualifying and uh, representing Australia uh, for the world championship series in Auckland. I competed in, well, I I qualified for Beijing, but I didn't get to go, which is, I think, what you were alluding to before offline in terms of trauma. Um, Around three weeks prior to going to Beijing, I was actually hit by a car. And it, you know, stripped, I had to strip away that title and, you know, I had to forfeit the title and go through a lot of rehabilitation. And it was during that time, you know, you know, triathlons, you're swimming, you're cycling, you're running, you have to become an elite at three sports, which is really enduring in itself. You learn so much about yourself. I always say that triathlon built me 
you know, to where I am today. You learn how to endure the hard times. You learn what endurance training is. You learn how to be part of a team. You learn how to take instruction from your coach. But I think the real magic came was when I did get hit by a car and I was, you know, I, I snapped a few bones. I had to go through multiple surgeries and I actually requalified the year after getting hit. And that was after being told several times that I'm never, never going to compete again. And I had to work twice as hard, I would say. Um, but I got myself up and, and raced and um, finished. And then I called it quits in 2012. I had already gained an undergraduate degree at that time. And I then went on to do a postgraduate degree in mathematics and then went on to study medicine. And it was during that time that I kept questioning myself, oh, this is what the brain is. Oh, this is the, this is the nervous system. Oh, this is what sleep is. How come I wasn't being told this when I was training as an athlete? You know, my coach never brought up, and, and this is mainly because, you know, he wasn't, he was an amazing coach. He never brought up the likes of the importance of sleep, the importance of nutrients, micronutrients, um, what exercise does for the brain and recovery methods. We never really spoke about that. And it wasn't until I was really working in a hospital setting where I was responsible for doing these brain scans. They're called EEGs. It's a it's an electroencephalogram. And we usually do these scans on people who have had a seizure or epilepsy because it picks up on the functioning of the brain. And I kept questioning, I'm like, how come, you know, how come we can assess these types of individuals with dysfunctions in the brain, but we can't assess individuals who are performing at their peak and maybe get them to be better. And so that was back in, I would say 2015. And so that's when I started to combine elite performance with neurology, because I knew there was something there and I just had to research a bit more. Great. And on your journey, did you find a different level of acceptance from males and, and females as to whether of them embracing this, this type of uh, adjustment to their performance? Look, back in 2015, nobody was talking about the brain. I was actually living in Australia and we, I, you know, I love Australia so much. I think we're just a bit, I think we're about 10 years behind the American market when it comes to science and human performance. Maybe that's just because of the population. Um, but look, it, nobody took a liking to it. Nobody really understood what I was talking about. I went on record back in 2015 saying that in the future, organizations, hedge funds, you know, major financial institutions will have people going in as performance coaches to help better the performance of their employees. I was, you know, I went on record saying that MBA players are going to be having a board of directors, somebody in charge of their their cardiovascular system, somebody in charge of their sleep, somebody in charge of their brain. I went on record to say that and people thought I was ridiculous. And look, long behold, long behold in 2023, we now have performance coaches in some of the biggest um, hedge funds. I'm one of them. I, I, I serve many um, hedge funds here in New York City. I know many financial institutions have in-house performance coaches. I work personally with these elite athletes, and I have to say that I think I was a bit too far ahead of the market back then. Yeah, and it's interesting that um, you're seeing the – I guess similarities in terms of the impact of stress, trauma, and performance on people in the financial market as much the way, same way that you'd have seen it uh, in in sports. Yeah, look, what I'm seeing a lot of, I wouldn't say too much trauma, as that's not my field. What I see a lot of is my primary role now. You know, I have a ten person team. Neuroathletics is my company. We do various things from personal one on one coaching. And then we also have, you know, we serve these major hedge funds. We work with a lot of portfolio managers. And what I'm seeing across the board is dysfunctions. Okay. When I say dysfunctions, I'm not talking disease states and pathology. I'm talking, I've got, you know, I can't tell you if any of them are not drinking. For example, I see widespread epidemic of, you know, alcohol intake. And this is more so to, I guess, dampen anxiety or dampen stress. And in turn, as a cycle, what alcohol does is in the acute phase, it may dampen anxiety. It may dampen the stress, but it also kicks you out of sleep, which then 
rises your stress levels the next day. It's an ongoing cycle. So across the board, I'm seeing stress that affects many people, especially when it comes to decision-making, thinking speed, information processing, and just being able to make sound, intelligent decisions. So I'm seeing it more as a physiological standpoint. We do everything at neuroathletics from we're doing blood biomarkers, like we're doing complete um, blood blood work analysis on everybody. We're doing brain scans. We're doing physiological testing like VO2 max. We're really big on exercise. So I'm seeing many areas of dysfunction there. Thank, thank you for bringing this up. And uh, you've actually given me a chance to plug my book again. I, I've written a book called Mastering the Mental Game of Trading. It's going to be out on the 16th of January. But wow. one thing I, I talk about in the book, um, there's a section on developing your performance, using coaching to develop your performance, mm. working with people to help um, improve the mental aspect of your game, the process aspect of the game, what I call developing your human potential. And I, I start with a quote from Dave Browsford, who was the manager of the Team Sky Cycling back in the early 2000s, when British cycling just sort of grew up from nothing to take over the world, win multiple Olympic uh, um, medals, Tour de Francis. And there's a quote at the very beginning of it, which I've used, which is, you'll get more from a £900,000 rider with a coach than you'll get from a million-pound rider without one. And that was the philosophy that Team Sky took when it came to hiring the best cyclists, but then also not necessarily paying top dollar, but getting a really good cyclist and then coaching them to the hilt. So, so mm-hmm. hearing you talk about that is um, this, this is where the finance industry is going now. And this mm-hmm. is part of the work we're doing at Alpha Mind. We're going into, you know, firms pretty much like you are, and we're working with people. Um, we're probably working a little bit more on process and mindset. I should imagine you're coming at it from this kind of neuro- neuropsychological angle. We, we've seen some huge um, performance improvements, not just in our work, but in the work that other traders are doing on this sort of neuropsychological angle. Uh, one individual who was featured in um, in the recent Market Wizards book, who I've worked with, you know, he manages every part of his world from his sleep patterns to how much time he spends in front of the computer to uh, I think he goes into he does cryotherapy once okay. a week, which is, is to he help doing him well. The, the guy is hitting the ball out of the park every <laughs> single year. Um, phenomenal trader, but he sees it as just part of what he does. It's just part of his game, and and I and I kind of I, I know you've. As we talk, you people can't see it, obviously, but you've got an ice bath behind you. <laughs> That's all part of this, isn't it? Recovery, um, sort of the mind being more alert, getting more out of the mind because the mind can only work for so long mm, and be mm. effective for so long. Yeah, the way I like to think about it is you've got a, a, a reserve every day. Let's just say you wake up, okay, and your let's just say your brain has a fuel tank, right? And if you are filling that fuel tank with premium oil, right, or premium fuel, whatever you call it, and you're or you're filling it with the the cheap fuel. If you're filling it with the the nice fuel, that means that it's going to take less effort to produce simple tasks such as thinking, replying to emails, talking to your staff members, making these big trading decisions. These take a lot of energy from your brain. But if you've got a well-oiled machine, it's not going to take, it's not going to cost you that much in fuel. And the way that you get a well-oiled machine is There's around 12 different things, in my opinion, that you can be doing, but without a doubt, there's three that are at the forefront of all of these other things, which are accessories. You mentioned my ice bath. That is an accessory. That is the cherry on top. That is the icing. It is not the, it is not the cake and it is not at the, at the bottom of the pyramid. The things that are at the bottom of the pyramid are exercise, sleep and nutrition. 
if you are not exercising adequately, and we can talk about what that means, and you are not sleeping well, let's just take those two. No amount of ice baths or cryotherapy is going to help you. No amount of supplements are going to help you. You can't out supplement your way through bad sleep. So you need those two. They are the foundation to having the proper fuel in the bank. And if you get those right, that then gives you a seat at the table. That then gives you the ability to just be a normal functioning human in 2023. Look, I live in Manhattan. It is, you need so much fuel to live in this city. It is un, it is just unbelievable how much energy you need. But if I can get my sleep, my exercise down pat, if I think can figure out what am I deficient in, you know, you can get a blood test. Everyone can get a blood test. You can figure out just minor deficiencies. Maybe you've got a vitamin D deficiency. Maybe you've got a zinc deficiency. Just correcting for those can get you a seat at the table. You've got a seat at the table now. Now, how do we perform better and increase our peak physiological potential. That's when you start including your ice baths. You may include um, other supplements that can help enhance brain function. You can start including meditation. So these things have to be spoken about. I don't want people to think, oh, okay, I'm going to take this supplement because I heard it's good for my brain. It's going to make me a better trader. It just doesn't work like that. It's it's interesting. I was... uh... Co- coaching a bunch of uh, youngsters in an energy trading firm in London. And I sort of start off, I guess, sort of understanding how they live their day. And mm. barely any of them were having breakfast, barely any of them. Um, mm. They would not focus on hydration. They would tend to go straight into uh, to multiple coffees. Some might remember lunch, okay? Uh, they'd, have a, they'd, they'd grab a quick... Uh, snack but generally a a fast food snack it was then ending their day and then just going straight to the gym and at around about 8 39 o'clock at night grabbing something for dinner mm. uh, gaming on something for a while going to bed waking up doing it again and in the course of the conversations they kind of looked exhausted but they were sort of un- but when you started to talk through the well, if you're not putting any energy into your system, you'll start every day of the week, you're just starting at a lower level of battery with that type of, type of profile. Um, and actually they were keeping going by having like, you know, the the, the energy drinks or, or coffee uh, throughout the day. And of course, they were wondering why they were getting stressed and, and staying stressed. And of course, some of them were uh, were calling upon coffee sort of seven times a day, you know, and, and so the accumulation of caffeine became a problem too and then it was a case of well what was sleep like and sleep was patchy it, mm. it wasn't high quality for many of these um and and this was a very familiar story particularly with the sort of the, the gen z's type you know the people between sort of 19 and, and 24 25 this was their typical day but they were in a performance environment and wondering why things were difficult and actually, I had someone ping me something on LinkedIn saying, he listened back to one of our previous posts. I think, you know what I've done is I can stop drinking coffee. And I'm hydrating as the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning, and I'm actually having a proper breakfast. And actually, net result is I'm now trading a lot better. Oh. I'm trading a lot better because those If physical, only everyone else knew that. Yeah, those physiological things that we did. He didn't yeah. like learn how to trade better. He guess changed the way he was managing himself a core level of being Mm. um and that was his starting point i think as you say that's sort of you know getting your seat at the table actually had a big impact on just getting those things right uh for him um Mm. but yeah it's it's a story that's out there that um you got to feed this thing is what 20 25 percent of the of the body's energy on a daily basis is is used by what what's up top Um, correct you know, and if you're coming with a flat battery, always like the idea of a phone battery. You see, you know, like when you see a phone battery, it's got those those blue blocks. Yeah. You know, people yeah. come in with like 10 percent and um, wondering why they're not performing. And they're more worried about that if their phone showed 10 percent, they'd do something about it. Yeah. But if, if they were measuring themselves and thinking, I've just got 10% energy, well, hello, do something about it. But they're not. They're just going mm. into that day and you know, and I think 
work, working under pressure with, with that level of potential exhaustion is a recipe for stress in itself because of the the frustration that comes with it and the, the inability to just uh, you know see clarity and see ideas and stay focused. Yeah. So. Yeah, you mentioned. You also mentioned the age group. You said nineteen to twenty-five. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. Two good things about this. Well, a good and bad. We know that the brain doesn't fully develop to around 25 years old. So what I can say is this. I study um, right now. I'm writing a, a review paper that we published early next year on the effects of resistance training on cognitive decline and dementia. So I, I study dementia a lot and Alzheimer's disease. And what we know about these neurodegenerative diseases is it's an accumulation over, you know, of bad habits, if you will, over a long period of time. It's not something, it's not uh, something that you get diagnosed in your 70s, okay? You it takes a long time. It starts in your 30s, in your 40s, in your 50s. And what I tell a lot of people is if you can get the systems and habits down packed in your 20s, that's when you develop them. Okay. By the time you're eight, you know, by the time you're 25, 30, it's very hard to change your habits, right? It's even harder to change them at 50 and 60. Let me tell you, I see it. But if you can get these good habits down packed now in your 20s, you're going to thank yourself in your 30s because other things start to take place in your 20s, especially at 19. Oh, I remember back then it was, um, it was what a great time. You didn't have to really think about too much right? Probably not a lot of people are married with kids and and mortgages. It just starts weighing on you even more and even more. And the fact that we get a massive decline in our health and our age begins to deteriorate at age 30, uh, we actually start losing brain cells at age 30. It's just due to the natural brain aging process. You want to make sure that you've got, you know, the last thing you want to do when you've got all of these other things happening, maybe businesses and kids, the last thing you want to do is then learn how to sleep well, and then learn how to exercise, and then learn how to drink water, like really basic primitive activities. So I think that for these people, yes, you get the leeway of the fact that you are young. I just, you know, I don't drink anymore, just, you know, purely because it doesn't help you with performance in any way. And it's just so bad for you. Um, But I remember being 19 years old, I went to a party. It was a Halloween party. I didn't want to miss it. All my friends were going, but I knew I had to race the next day. It was a big race for me as well. I was so torn. Um, But the race didn't start till 3 p.m., which is very unlike triathlons. But I raced at 3 p.m. I ended up coming second but I had drunk a lot the night before. I got in a lot of trouble from my coach. And I think to myself, my God, I can't do that now. Just one glass of wine sends me crazy. Like it has me like hung over for about a week. So things can happen in your 20s, but not necessarily, you won't be able to recover at that rate in your 30s and 40s. I am sort of hearing you say that. I I always remember hearing a story with a particular trader and he was telling me every time he went on a, a stag weekend and uh, he wasn't a big drinker but it was a, a lad's weekend in the south of spain and he, he reckons that cost him half a million dollars the next week what yeah wow. he said lost opportunities yeah bad decisions bad choices in the market and mm. he sat down and he said and, uh, you know he reviewed everything he did and he said between the lost opportunities and the bad choices and decisions where he lost money, he thinks that it took him a week to get that alcohol out of his system and for him to be cognizant because he's a really high performer, fast trader, you know, has to be at the at the gate, mm. ready for it like that. So, you know, he... You know, he he used that as you know, kind of like when 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 we did that, he was like, "Wow, that was a really expensive weekend." Yeah, um, you have to weigh up and, your options as well. Is that you know, what's it costing you to go out and drink? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's, so, there's a big yeah. story as well, isn't there, Steve? Because I mean, I've and I, I found out the numbers even bigger than the fifteen I mentioned before. But I've I know at least fifteen mm. people under the age of fifty five that have died early. Um, because of the you know, getting too involved in perhaps the negative aspects of the, the culture can bring on, particularly you know, late nights, alcohol, 
you know, super rich meals, being eaten at the wrong time of the day. Um, and I and I thought that was a story for the UK, and we were speaking to a future trader out of Chicago, um, and and without pr- pr- prompting, he said, yeah, I have about 20 buddies that are no longer here um, be- because of the way they dealt or didn't deal with the, the, the pressure and the um, the challenges of the space. So yeah, this you know we talk about drinking, but actually, um, there's the, the, some people that's it's, it's more than just money they've lost. Mm. Um, because with that comes time. Mm. I think that's out Louisa that uh, uh, we often talk about what the value is in what we're doing in terms of performance, but actually, uh, we have to also value time as as a critical component too. Because if we don't feel we have time to live, because we're so sucked into having to perform then we might get a problem with that because there needs to be some degree of balance you know yeah and I see that often um you know we've got people who so basically the life cycle that I'm seeing is market opens at 8 a.m so most of them they're in the office at let's just say 6.37 which is screamingly early that means you're going to have to get up at maybe 5 5.30 so up in the office, working indoors, so not seeing sunlight is another huge thing. We should be getting at least three hours a day of natural sunlight just for circadian reset, for the health of our entire brain and eye, eyesight and body. Um, and also it helps you with sleep because that's what makes you tired. You know, it can help you with sleep along with exercise. So you're going to work trading high stress, high stress, high stress, probably not drinking, few coffees. Moment the market closes at 4 p.m., they're off with their buddies drinking. And then it's around, let's just say, 4.30, uh, I don't know, six beers maybe, six, seven drinks. From there, go straight home. A lot of them, wife, kids, you know, dealing with that, putting them to bed, doing all the all the things and then getting back onto the computer, maybe working until midnight, 1 a.m., getting up and redoing it again. And, again, it's maybe all well and good in your early 20s, but this starts to weigh on you. And what we see, even from a neurodegenerative standpoint, is compound interest. You know, Albert Einstein said um, the eighth wonder of the world is compound interest. And I look at that and I think, yes, it can be good and it can be bad. And it works not just in finance, but in also physiology. If you have one night of bad sleep, it can probably, you can probably get away with it. Two nights, sure. But when you have these ongoing sleep-deprived nights, day in and day out for years, we see it, we see it as pathology. 20 years later, it it really shows. It shows in your physiological health, it shows in your brain health. We even start to accumulate these plaques, which eventually cause Alzheimer's disease because you're not sleeping. Sleep is where you literally wash your brain out. It, you know, we have a system called the glymphatic system. It gets activated during deep, slow wave sleep. It's the third stage of sleep. We should be getting at least 30 to 40% of total sleep time in deep sleep. If we're not doing that, you're not activating the glymphatic system. The glymphatic system serves as like a washing machine or sewage system for your brain. If you're not doing that, you're not clearing the debris, you're not clearing the toxins, and then you wake up, you feel like crap. Most people think, I've got brain fog. I don't have clarity it's because you didn't clean your brain out the night before. That's really what that is. And for the people listening, I don't work for any anti-alcohol companies. But what I can say is that when you're hungover, that is an actual poisoned-induced state. That's what a hangover really is. So you've also – let me. I'll just finish this sentence by saying alcohol is also affecting your sleep because it doesn't allow you to get into deep sleep. So again, with the cycle – going to return to the podcast in a moment just a reminder that the fman podcast is sponsored by the society of technical analysts the sta and they do provide an outstanding home study course for those keen to really up their education around technical analysis and price action techniques they are one of the world's leading bodies in this field and have been going for more than five decades the course is outstanding it's um well to give you a sense they are a not-for-profit body so any income that they make goes back into providing services for their members. 
and that should give you a sense that this is a real technical analysis course. Also, just a quick reminder about AlphaMind. We do provide high-performance coaching services and workshops to individuals and businesses. Do also feel free to check us out. And finally, I have a book coming out in January called Mastering the Mental Game of Trading. The book will be released on the 16th of January and uh, will be available from all online bookshops, both in Audible and Kindle versions, as well as paperback. And now that's it. And let's just return to the podcast. I, I, I wanted to ask you a question because, you know, you, you've, you've given us so many great reasons why you should be attending to this, attending yeah. to these matters. You've got an audience here of thousands of traders who are listening to this podcast and, you know, and people sort of connected to them, people in big businesses, running businesses. I, I'd love if you could maybe, if you could design a perfect day for these people a perfect routine a perfect regimen in terms mm-hmm. of this stuff okay mm-hmm. and i know it's difficult because you know we're talking different age groups different priorities you know but what would a generic one look like not not just on the day but say over a week over a month yeah maybe you know that starts to fill out that foundation rather than the icing on the cake yeah let's fill the foundation first and foremost what every single person should be doing is getting a thorough blood test. I can't stress that enough. You should be getting them every six months. Why? Because it's going to reveal some deficiencies and it's going to benchmark you. Everyone listening, if you're in finance, you know what benchmarking is. It will benchmark you. It will tell you where you are, what is happening in your body. You can take the lid off and look under the hood. That's the first thing we need to do. Second thing is you really need a really, you really need somebody who knows their stuff to give you, um, I wouldn't say diagnosis, but to really look at your blood work and be able to give you an analysis of that. Unfortunately, physicians are just not able to do that just due to time, etc. So you need to find somebody who's really well versed in blood work and then go from there. Second thing is, let's just say you've gotten the blood work, what do we do next? I would first start with what you can work with and they're the free things, right? You have to sleep. So we spend a third of our lives sleeping. If you can get into a habit of sleeping good, regularly and that means 80% of the time because I understand we're humans, we're not robots, you're going to start to see a really big change in your mood and your cognitive performance, right? How do we start sleeping well? Well, think about it like this. The perfect times to sleep as per neuroathletics is 10 p.m. till 6 a.m. That gives you a good eight hours. As humans, we need seven hours of sleep per night. I'll I'll say that again. We need seven hours of sleep per night minimum. If you're getting seven and a half, even better. You should aim to sleep at the same time every night and wake up at the same time every day. You should aim to have a really hygienic sleep environment, which consists of blackout curtains, maybe sleeping in a cool room because we know that in order to fall asleep and stay asleep, your core body temperature needs to drop at least two degrees. We want to keep sleeping really, really fresh, really hygienic, and we want to be good at it. Developing a sleep fitness protocol would be the start. Second from there, and another thing I can't stress enough, Exercise will be the biggest performance enhancer you ever take. Exercise serves as medicine. Exercise serves as the best performance enhancing drug on the market. If pharmaceutical companies could bottle up what exercise does, they would be making billions. And let me tell you, they're trying, but we just can't. So you've got two main forms of exercise. You've got aerobic, which is also dubbed as cardiovascular training where you're using, you know, you're going, you're, you're training for around an hour at a time. This not only exerts beneficial effects on the cardiovascular system, but also the brain. We know this because during long bouts of exercise, you release these growth factors for the brain. The most famous one is BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor. This is going to help you build a better brain. In fact, we now have human 
controlled studies and research to show that BDNF can grow and proliferate new neurons in the hippocampus of the brain. So you have to, guys, the, the, the CDC recommends 150 minutes to 300 minutes per week of aerobic exercise. Only 24% of US adults are meeting that criteria. So that is 100. Now, I'm actually trying to advocate for a higher recommended dose consisting of at least 300 minutes to 450 minutes per week. But that's just cardio. That's just maintenance phase, right? You also need to be doing resistance training. And this is what I can tell you all as a hack. I don't like that word. But you can get enormous benefits from doing just five minutes of rigorous activity. I'm talking like where you are shunting all this blood throughout your body and brain where you're like having trouble breathing. You're in the death zone, I call it. You can get enormous benefits by just doing five minutes a day of that. Five minutes. If you can't dedicate five minutes to the health of your body and your system, like I'm, I've got to tell you, maybe like you need to see somebody because that's like unimaginable. If you can't spend five minutes just doing that, then I don't think I can help you. So spending at least, you know, 20 minutes per week doing rigorous physical activity will help you. And then once you've got that, you want to plug the holes. I say this is at the top of the pyramid, which is have a look at your blood work. If the blood work states that you are deficient in X, Y, and Z, you want to go and take a supplement for X, Y, and Z. You want to fill the holes. We have seen in our practice, we have seen enormous benefits. Okay. I'm talking like huge strides with people just supplementing with zinc because they had a zinc deficiency. We see people with, you know, we've seen women who are like, I'm struggling to lose weight. I'm eating hardly anything, but I'm just, the fat is not going. And then we get their blood work back and we realize, hey, you're low in iron and iron. We need like, you, you need the presence of heme and oxygen in order to actually burn fat. So then we can supplement them with iron. Then they can even up their calories by even a thousand and still lose fat. So you have to, that's what you have to do. You have to get those three things in place and then you can do a cold shower every day. That's a really great way to get started. Two minute cold shower every morning to wake up the nervous system. I'm going to leave it there and let you guys talk. <laughs> Thank you. you. You had me until you took, until you said the cold shower. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get what you're talking about. I mean, that's, that's brilliant. And, and you know what? It, we don't think about that. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I got into a routine when I was trading of of running, uh, going for a run late morning um, round, you know, somewhere near our trade where, where I worked. Uh, and uh, it, was, it was incredible. Once I remember a trading idea just popping up in my head. Um, and, you know, I actually have had that a few times because your head just clears. Mm-hmm. All the rubbish um, just sort of evaporates and you it's almost like you're in a meditation zone a lot of the time when you're doing that which is which is i know meditation is is a huge thing as well that a lot of really successful traders practice i mean that 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 i guess is the next level if we've got the foundation what is that next level before we get to this sort of icing well the next level would be the icing on the cake. It would be saunas, including, you know, sauna therapy at least twice a week if you can and you've got the means to do it. Um, we mentioned earlier, I've got an ice bath. I get into the ice bath at least, I would say, six days a week. Um, and I'm getting in for a protocol of three minutes at a 43 degrees Fahrenheit. So you can do the, the change to um, Celsius. Um, I'm taking various supplements to A, help with cognitive performance, B, to plug my holes, and C, to manage my stress. I'm taking rhodiola, for example, which is an adaptogen. So if my cortisol is high during the day, it adapts to it and it, it brings it down. So it helps me. It's um, And I, there's great studies on rhodiola. And then I actually have this new thing where I put my phone in like a secure place and I'm not allowed to touch it for if I'm doing deep work for like two hours at a time. If it's just on my desk, I'm like touching it for some reason. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, the the dreaded phone, the dreaded social media as well. Mm. Um, I think so many electronic thoughts. Uh, Mark, can I bring you in here? Maybe just sort of, what are you thinking about some of what? Yeah, you I guess I guess um, dig a bit deeper into the uh, the, the value of um, meditation in terms of either you know, c- you know, connecting with nature type meditation where you get out in fresh air and. I guess wherever you are, you, you're there, you know, as opposed to being stuck in thoughts. And really as to, you know, the short practices of, of breath work and things like that, which I'm sure you've also come across in your journeys, there's really just emphasizing the benefit of that, of paying attention to yourself. We often in some of our work, we talk about, we're, we're very bothered to ask other people, how are you? But we very infrequently turn that question around to ourselves and ask ourselves how am I and yeah. you know pay attention to these uh, little moments of uh, of stillness uh, where seemingly so invaluable yet actually really really valuable in terms of the process of doing something small but doing it often um, as opposed to going yeah. in large and you know and I'm just really get talking about that from your perspective of what you've seen as the benefit of paying attention to that side of ourselves. Yeah, small increments is the is what I mentioned with compound interest and getting time to sit with yourself is something that I'll be honest is really hard for me to do. I actually did a meditation course just to become better at it, and. If you can do this, even if it's for five minutes a day, then that's great. But I'm more interested in breath work, you know, filling your brain with oxygen, which depending on how you sleep, some of us are having little apneas throughout the night. Maybe you're not getting enough oxygen to the brain. Um, But even spending time really like delivering that oxygen to your brain is so beneficial. It also activates the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest. You know, it basically tells our brain, let's come back down. Let's just calm down and relax. That's also good for you, which is going to make you be able to think clearer and decide what you want to do. I always use the word decide intelligently because we can all make decisions but is it the most intelligent decision? That takes a lot of effort. So you kind of reset the system through meditation and breath work. Yeah, I think the way that we can reset, refresh, and recalibrate is yeah. a series of hours that we like to use for this, this this method of using pause in a very productive sort of way to drive because it powers the performance. Yes. These little micro breaks are part of the power, powering process of, of maintaining a level of performance that, that's not compromised by doing too much of it um, Correct. without some personal reflection. And, of course, it's it helps significantly the winding down process um, that's required very often for dividing the working day into the winding down into sleep part of your day. And as you mentioned, very often, it's a very muddy area where the working day almost stops at the point where someone's going to bed um, and then wondering why they can't, uh, you know, wind down to go to sleep. So, yeah, the yeah. benefits of it um, cannot be understated for sure. Stephen? Yeah, I've I, I got a question, and it's it's a thought, really, which I suppose goes back to partly when I was a trader and partly because of, some of the challenges I meet as a as a coach. So when I got into a hole as a trader, um, and and would go into this kind of spiral and dark place, <laughs> when I needed to do what I needed to do to get out of it, which was sort of stuff you're talking about, I actually found myself doing it less and spending more time in front of the screen. Mm. Um, it's something I see with a lot of clients um, getting trapped into that and losing the good habits and getting into a bad habit Um, do you meet that resistance sometimes do you you know you work with a lot of people in hedge funds um, they've got the best of intentions but they're like I just need to see the data 
watch the market. You know, I could do that later on, the procrastination. Yeah, yeah I know it's good for me, but I'll, I'll do it next week. I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. And I, I was a serial procrastinator as a mm. trader. And I honestly believe that cost me a lot of money. But you don't see it in the moment. In what aspect so, do you think? What were you procrastinating on? I was procrastinating on I, – I would get into spirals, into, you know, I've got to watch the market, I've got to try harder, I've got to – I, I got to do more of the technical stuff, uh, and you know, if I if I if I watch the screen more, if I spend more time at the screen, I'll I'll, I'll see more opportunities, um, and then you know you, you get yourself into these bad habits, mm. and then they sometimes they can just go on for days, weeks, and months, and that, you know. I think you've got to make the. You've got to make the decision of it's like, I don't know, like I I have to go to Vegas um, a lot, right? Every time I go to Vegas, I'm like, I'm never coming back here again. I have to go there in two weeks. And uh, it's going to be the fifth time that I say that I'm never going back. But, you know, I see um, – you know, I, I see people just sitting. I remember seeing this one guy, I was going to bed and he was at the blackjack table. And then I saw him when I woke up, he was still on the same table. And I, I was thinking, oh my God. And the psyche of that is if I leave, I'm going to lose out. Okay. And you mm. have to make, you have to get comfortable. And this comes down to self-confidence as well and awareness. If you are staring at your screen and you think that that's the most important thing, you actually doubt yourself because you think if I leave, I'm going to miss a trade. And then just say you do, you have to be comfortable with that. You actually have to be comfortable. This is also whether making a trade or not. We, we teach that you have to be comfortable. And if you lose it, you have to be okay with that and you have to accept it. The best traders I've seen have, and not where they are because they're just they just keep making money and they're brilliant. That's one aspect. But they're also okay with the losses and they deal with it psychologically and emotionally and intelligently. They're like, that was a loss. This is what went wrong. This is how I perceived it. Great. Move on. That's how you have to be. This is how I see the best people in sport moving on as well. So if you are procrastinating on these bad habits, you have to ask yourself why. How, why do you doubt yourself? Why do you doubt that you're not going to make a comeback? Yeah, yeah. It's what we call the letting go part of the, uh, oh, yeah. the challenge. It's the hardest part. It's the part that sounds so easy, but it, it, it's it's what separates, you know, the super the superstars from everyone else and 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 it's that bit i mean the the one thing i i do tell myself or i tell other people and i used to tell myself is this is what the market wants me to do yes because it it, it wants me to act in this way it doesn't want me to exercise wants me to drink lots of coffee it wants me to sleep badly it wants me to drink alcohol that's what instagram wants us to do it's absolutely because if i do it then i don't win and if I don't win, other people win more. And that's mm-hmm. just everyone else. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's that. And this is the one thing you can sometimes say, like, okay, let's turn it around. What do you need to do to win? And this sort of stuff you're talking about, that foundation, you know, it, it, it <laughs> it's a big it's a big thing. You know, people don't think about it, but it's a it's a huge thing. Yeah. yeah. So Louisa, where can people find out more about you and your work? You can go to neuroathletics.com.au. Uh, we, you know, we've got um, everything on there. You, uh, we have a really well-performing podcast if you want to learn about these performance habits and, and the medicine and scientific practices that you need to perform at your peak. It's called The Neuro Experience. I also hang out on Instagram a lot at Louisa Nicola. Okay, brilliant. And what we'll do is we'll put all those contact details on the on the notes for this uh this episode so uh we, we'll make sure that that's all on there as well i would love that um mark yeah it's fascinating chat i mean it's in the intelligent decision making about just looking after yourself never mind the decisions you're making in in, in mm-hmm. the complexity of the unpredictable marketplace so obvious really but we we forget the obvious don't we in our complex world because we're busy doing stuff but uh i think yeah the circadian rhythm thing about connecting with sunlight 
really is such an important thing about our body is understanding where it is on the planet because that's linked to that to that process of guess what light does to you and i was speaking to someone quite recently about uh, and where they lived in london they moved to a place that now they they're not they're, they're very overlooked and they can't see the horizon and they're, they're getting quite depressed about the fact that they lived in a place before that they could see sky and the horizon and the sunset uh, and their mood has changed dramatically because of the fact they just yeah. can't see the sky. Um, yeah. you know, and I think it's almost obvious, right? You look at these things and, yeah, of course, if you don't drink water, enough water and hydrate because you're 90% water or whatever the number is. If you're not drinking water, you've got a problem. If you're not yeah. sleeping, you've got a problem. If you're not sleeping, probably you've got a problem. Yes. If you're not eating the right stuff, you've got a problem as a human and actually, we all know that we have deficiencies, whatever. We'll find out what they are because it's, I guess, relatively easy to do something about it. And it can mm-hmm. make the world of, a, world of a difference in terms of how you're managing your energy profile through the day and throughout the week. And that's energy that makes you available for the job that you do, but also for doing the stuff that isn't job, you know, mm-hmm. the, the play aspect of your life. And having the energy to be bothered to go out and play and having these sort of non-work conversations and being in the right state to pay attention to somebody if they're talking to you rather than just being exhausted. Uh, you know, those things are the, the joys of life. Um, and actually what you yeah, what you brought about to us today is just a reminder of how important paying attention to the simple, relevant stuff is um, about your physiology. And about your yeah. your mental state as part of that is actually this this very important foundation that the high performers do. So there are some messages there about, as you say, setting the foundation yeah. early on and investing in yourself in those sort of pre twenty five year old years where you just get the right habits in place. Because actually, if you don't get them right, they become very difficult to let go of as you yeah. go through life. But they can have a profound impact on your state when you get into the 50s and 60s thank Thank you and i'm so happy that we've connected thank you brilliant have a great rest of the day see you later thank you for listening to the Alphaman podcast today we also want to extend a thank you to our podcast sponsor the society of technical analysts do check out their brilliant home study course and you can see more about that at our website alpha-mind.net and of course if you're keen to know more about how Alphaman can help you please do also look up um, further details of our services on our website or reach out to us at info at alpha-mind.net. That just leaves us to say thank you and we wish you the best of luck in the weeks ahead.